Good morning, church. Hope I'm excited to see what God's going to do today. I, if you don't know if you felt the presence of the Holy Spirit in here, but I have. And uh, I tell you, uh, one thing that God's been doing in my heart, and uh, I shared it with um, with all the people, um, all our connectors this morning, our 1010 meeting. But one thing God's been putting in my heart constantly is uh, is James 1, 22. It says not, not to be just hearers of the words, but doers. And we have a response every time we come to God's word, every time we come to a church service to respond to God. Not just to come and, and be entertained. Y'all with me? Not just come listen to a message and say, man, that was so good, and go home and not apply it to your life. And God's called all of us when you read God's word to apply it to your life, not just read it out of vain repetition. God's called us to be doers, not just hearers. So today, I got a special gift for you guys is, is a really good friend of mine, he's going to come and share what God's laid on his heart. And I pray that you're able to, uh, when you leave here, to apply it to your life. Um, I met Heath, Heath Wingard. Um, he's the pastor at Long Branch Church of God. Um, and uh, me and Heath have been friends for a while. And he's kind of nervous because he don't know what I'm going to say right now. But uh, uh, Heath's been with me through a lot of trying times. Um, he was uh, the person that didn't answer the phone when I got ran over by a deer. Um, he was, uh, he, but he called me later and said, I'll probably pray for you. That's a good friend. But he, you know, he, he's been through me through a lot of stuff, and um, I really do love you and appreciate you, brother. And um, when, we, uh, when we got started and was planting the church, he had to keep telling me constantly, you're not crazy, Jeremy. You're not crazy. You're not, you're not crazy. And just constantly being that voice. And I just thank you for your friendship, brother. I thank you for just how much you love me and my family and how much you love this church. And I just, I can't wait to hear what God's going to say and speak through you. So come up. And if you'll see, we've already converted him. He's got a blue connection shirt shirt on. So, <laughs> love you, brother. Thank you. Amen. Let's get the Lord a hand clap of praise this morning. Amen. Is it all right if I just be myself this morning? I can't. Let me ask you again. I promise I will not scare any of you. Can I be myself this morning? Amen. Good to see all of you. Uh, I came over dressed this morning. I've been on vacation for two weeks and. Uh, at the lake, and then if any of you go to the lake and camp and ride jet skis and tube and all that kind of stuff, you know when you get back home, it's kind of chaotic. So um, I was kind of dressing like I usually dress, and I went to the closet, and I didn't have nothing but a bunch of long sleeve shirt stuff and fancy stuff, and, and I had to put it on. I got here, I was burning up. I was already pouring the sweat, and I was sweating on the way. I had to stop and get me a handkerchief. That lets you know how hot I was. Um, so he was able uh, to bless me and give me a T-shirt. I'm going to wear this thing proudly. Um, I just want to tell y'all before I get into it what God's laid on my heart that I appreciate y'all. I believe in y'all. Um, uh, we pray for y'all constantly, and I, I would desire for y'all to pray for us. You know what? It's not When we get to heaven, there's not going to be denominations on the board. Amen? It's not about uh, how, how much money you do or don't have, what your last name is or isn't, who, who your mom or your daddy is. It's about whether you got him in your heart or not. Amen? So it's, I believe it's time for us to come together in Jenkins County and be the voice and to be the body that he's called us to be. And no matter if you're Baptist, Methodist, Church of God, Pentecost, Assembly of God, or whatever the title is, all that stuff does not matter. It's, we're children to the King of Kings. Amen? And it's with that, I just want to get right into it. I, I appreciate the opportunity, Brother Jeremy and uh, Sister Sabrina. I love them. My family loves them. Appreciate them very, very, very much. And I'm honored today because I know this is not something we just allow friends to come and stand in a pulpit or stand in a place of, of holiness and reverence, which I believe this is this morning. Um, so I appreciate that, and I'm grateful, and I love y'all. If you have your Bibles, and we'll turn to 2 Kings chapter 6, verses 16 through 18. There's something that's been on my heart. Uh, me and him talked a few months ago um, about this this morning, and uh, it was in that talking that God instantly began to put something on my heart and uh, for you today. And and how I many knows I'd rather be an individual that hears the voice and hears the Spirit of God and hears the Word of God than just someone that goes to the computer or Google or pulls out a good sermon they think might preach good. I want somebody to preach to me from the Word. Amen? I want somebody to preach to me that's heard from God that says, hey, this is what God has spoke to me and this is what I believe is for you and me today. And that's what I feel and I believe. This was on my heart all vacation. I just couldn't get away from it. And I want to share it with you today. And that is victory vision. Look to your neighbor and say, neighbor. Let's try that again. I get nervous. I'm going to get long-winded. Y'all don't want that. Look to your neighbor and say, neighbor, you got to have vision. Because victory accompanies vision. So I want to talk to you this morning on victory 
vision. 2 Kings chapter 6, verse 16. Everyone have it looking overhead, say amen. Amen. So he answered, do not fear, for those who are with us are more than those who are with them. And Elisha prayed and said, Lord, I pray, open his eyes that he may see. Then the Lord opened the eyes of the young man and he saw. And behold, the mountain was full of horses and chariots of fire all around Elisha. So when the Syrians came down to him, Elisha prayed to the Lord and said, Strike this people, I pray, with blindness. And he struck them with blindness according to the word of Elisha. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you for your anointing upon your word. Father, we thank you, God, for having your will in your way. Holy Spirit, move and minister as you see fit in this place today. We surrender and we humble ourselves to you. And Father, we just thank you, Lord, Father, for victory in the house, for favor in the house, for freedom in the house, for breakthrough, for deliverance in the house. Father, we thank you that we can leave this place this evening after hearing this word and encountering your presence, knowing that we have been changed for all eternity. Now, Father, Father, from the top of my head to the soles of my feet, anoint these old lips of clay one more time. And God, I thank you, Lord, for what you're going to do, how you're going to move and minister in the hearts and lives of your people, and not only here, but in our county, in our city, in our region, in our area, and Father, in our families. And all God's people said, amen. This morning, I want to talk to you simply for uh, the next few moments on victory Vision. We know that the Bible declares that people without a vision, what? They perish. And as I begin to pray about this and as God begin to lay these scriptures on my heart, I begin to ask God questions. I don't know how the Lord speaks to you and deals with you, but when he begins to give me scriptures and different ideas, I begin to ask what he would have me say. And as I begin to think about these scriptures, I begin to think about a couple of things that not only if people don't have a vision, will they perish? And I said, God, how can I relate that? How can I be relative to and, and speak that? And it, it grabs grabs the heartstrings of people today. He told me this. He said, people that have no vision have no future. And a man that has no vision, a man or a woman that has no future, they will often give up in the struggle called life. How many knows this thing's a struggle, amen? It ain't peaches and cream. It ain't peanut butter and jelly. It ain't, you know, all, all uh, fun and uh, happiness all the time. You know, we're going to go through some junk. We're going to go through some hell and high water. We're going to go through some trials and tribulations. And if you hear nothing else I say, I want you this to register with you that God has a purpose. God has a plan for each and every one of us in this house and that is to have vision because if you don't know who you are, if you don't know where you're going, if you don't know what God is wanting to do in you, through you, for somebody else, you will have no future and, you ha- and if you feel like you're nobody from nowhere, if you feel like you don't have anything to offer, a lot of times people will give up in life, they will give up on their calling, they will give up on their purpose, they will give up on the destiny that God has for each and every one of them. Let me say it like this. Do you, does anybody know any people in the house today that they're full of potential, they got career they're talented, they're gifted, they're smart and a man if they just apply themselves they could do anything. You know anybody like that but because they hadn't done those things they've given up on life and they're a shell of what they could be? Am I being too real for some of you? Anybody know anybody like that? Have you ever been that person? You listen to what Bucket Mouth and Sandpaper says? You know you always got a brother Bucket Mouth and a sister Sandpaper in your life. I don't know if you do, I do. I'm going to just talk about me. You know, Bucket Mouth tells you you're nobody from nowhere. Bucket Mouth tells you it's about denominations and this and that. It's about having the right last name or the right money in the bank. It's about having the, the right social status. Bucket Mouth will tell you you're nobody from nowhere and you'll never be anybody. Sister Sandpaper comes to rub you along, wrong a little way. She'll come in and say, God bless you, but she'll get on Facebook and stab you. Uh, y'all too. I'm too real, ain't I? Sister Sandpaper gets on Twitter and accuses you. Sister Sandpaper says, God bless you, I love you, and I pray for you, but they really can't stand you. Anybody got any people like that in their life? So when we deal with people like that in our life, if, we, if, we, if we're not very careful, we'll listen to the lies of the enemy that tells us, hey, you're nobody. Why don't you just quit? Why don't you just shut up? Why don't you just stop? Why don't you just pack your bags and leave? Why don't you just quit? You know, you tried to serve God. You're trying to be faithful. You're trying to be dedicated. You're trying to do everything you know to do, and it just seems to be getting worse instead of better. When it rains, it pours. If it ain't one thing, it's another. Have you ever felt like that? And after, after a while, the devil begins to play games with you and he tries to take the vision that God has placed in you away from you because if you have no vision, you have no future, and you have no hope and you often will give up in 
life and on life. Why do you think teen suicides is at an all-time high? Why do you think we got more teenagers and uh, kids killing themselves more than we ever had before? Because somewhere along the way, they don't have any vision, they don't have a future, and they've gave up on life. So I want to talk to us today that we've got to have victory vision. How many knows we're victorious people in this house? And, if, and it, do I have any sons and daughters to the King of kings and the Lord of lords in this house? If you're not ashamed of Jesus Christ, will you raise your hand in the house? So we know by your hands lifted, the word of God says, I made an overcomer by the word of my testimony and by the blood of the Lamb that was shed on Calvary for me and you. So if the blood has been shed, if we just raised our hands and we testified of the goodness and the mercy and the grace of God, what do you have to be ashamed of? What do you have to be afraid of? Because you are a victorious son and daughter to the King of kings and the Lord of lords. And I am here today to encourage you. I'm here today to give some words to you and I'm here today as my hope and my desire that you can leave this place this morning saying, you know what? Devil, shut up. Amen. Devil, put you don't like me. Guess what? I don't like you. Put that in your pipe and smoke it because there ain't nothing you can do about it. Amen. I mean, knows we get aggravated with people and we've had enough with people. A lot of times we don't act very Christian in the holy light, but we'll put them in their place, won't we? I know, I'm too real. I'm too transparent. What happens with somebody, you get enough of somebody. A lot of times you'll and say, hey, listen now, I about had enough of all that. That's why we got to do the devil. Quit allowing the devil to torment you and quit allowing the devil to deceive you. Quit allowing the devil to speak lies and of treachery and deceit into your spirit and know that you are victorious. It doesn't matter about the money in the bank. You've got victory. It doesn't matter about what the doctor says. You've got victory. It doesn't matter about what the lawyer says. You've got victory. You've just got to believe and trust because we walk by faith and not by sight. Amen? So we are a victorious people. Paul said in his word, we may be cast down, but we are not defeated. How many knows that in our salvation, we receive the promise of being a part of an overcoming family at the point of your regeneration, at the point of your justification, at the point that the old man or the old woman died and the new man or the new woman arised in Christ Jesus. How many knows that you had something implanted in you, in your spiritual DNA, and that is a part of the kingdom of God. So if you're made in his image, if you've been saved by grace and by love and by the blood that was shed on Calvary, how many knows you are promised victory in the house today? We are a victorious people. Look to your neighbor and say, neighbor, we are victorious. A lot of times in life we do have a vision. I'm going somewhere, just hold on. A lot of times in life we do have a vision. We, 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 we do have plans. We do have hope. We know where we're going. We're not giving up. But a, a, a trial or tribulation to come up or we'll have a battle, so to speak. We'll get through that battle, man. We'll shout the glory. We'll give God honor, glory, and praise. But the next battle's there to slap us right in the face. And a lot of times we get in our mind, okay, well, I just had this battle. Why am I having another battle? I just got out of this situation. Why am I, be, why am I uh, being thrown into that circumstance or that, that problem? God, what is going on? Where are you? And we get in the mindset and we allow the enemy to trick us and deceive us. How many knows we are going to have battle after battle after battle after battle? It's going to be trial after trial after tribulation after test after test. That is nothing to discourage you. How many knows uh, the devil never attacks a retreating army. The devil never attacks an individual that's trying to, the, the, the devil never let, leaves anybody alone like say my, my, my sweet, my sweet uh, sister here. If she's trying to make a difference for the kingdom of God, she's pl uh, planting seeds of God in people's hearts. She's, she's uh, doing Bible studies. She's leading this or leading that. The devil hates her and he, there's a bullseye on her back. And because of her trying to make a difference, because of her having a desire and a hunger to do something for the kingdom of God, the devil is going to come after you with everything he's got to destroy you and kill you because the devil knows that if you keep your vision, if you keep your hope, there's nothing he can do to overcome you. The Bible says, no weapon formed against us shall prosper. We are the head and not the tail. We're above and not beneath. Greater is God inside of us than anything this world has to offer. But because we go in battle and battle and battle and battle, battle this, battle that, we go in one problem after another problem, we forget that this life is not a sprint, it's a marathon. Amen? Amen? And the devil will trick you. I, I got any hunters in the house? I am in Jenkins County, right? Any hunters? Anybody likes to fish? All right, well, us hunters, we like to fish. I, I, uh, last December, I had to operate. If, if anybody has Facebook, look me up. Heath and Shannon Wingard, I'd love to be your friend. I want to show you a picture because I'm proud. I got to go to Texas, and I get, anybody know what a pure David is? 
A pure David is a Chinese aquatic animal. They, got, they look like a moose. And anyway, I, I'd been hunting four or five days. Man, I'd been tracking them, and I just couldn't. I was after, you know how we hunt, fellas. We want a trophy on the wall, right? Right? We don't want the buttonhead. We want the trophy, right? So I was after the trophy, and I, man, I was pursuing him. And finally, on that fourth day, I shot him and got him. And I can't wait to get him back. My wife's going to hate me, but I'm going to find somewhere in that house to put that thing because I'm proud of it. Or that's my plans. It's probably not how it would go. But it's, it's in that, and in fishing, I was at the lake this week, and, and I'm not much of a bass fisher. I'm learning because my son loves it, so I'm trying to learn how to like it. I'm an old minnow and cricket and worm and gizzards and liver kind of guy. I'll just throw whatever about it. I mean, I, if it uh, get on the hook, I'm going to eat it. And I begin to think about that, and it's something I, I've said for years and years. That, that's the, the devil works on us the same way. The devil's after you because he don't have you. The devil's after you to make you a trophy on his wall to say, hey, look at there. Jeremy Lindsay started out good, but along the way he gave up, and now I've got him. He's, a, he's on my wall. Or, hey, when we go fishing, what happens, guys? If a minnow don't work, you put a cricket on, right? If a cricket don't work, what happens? You put a wiggler on. If a wiggler don't work, you put a rubber worm on. If a rubber worm don't work, you get a, a, a gizzards and liver. You chop it up. If you do like me, you take chicken breast, chop it up in little square hunks. You put it in a Ziploc bag with strawberry jello, set it out in the sun for about five or seven days. And then you go hunting at the lake with for catfish. You take pool noodles about that long, cut them up, cut them up 12 inches, put PVC pipe, put, no, I ain't going to tell you all my secrets. You hook that old chicken breast on that noodle, you throw it out there, it unwinds itself, and you can sit on the boat all night, just shine your light, and you can see that reflective noodle floating in the water. We do that because we want fish to bite, right? The devil will do you the same way. If one bait don't work, he's going to try another bait. If one thing don't work in your life, he's going to try something else. He couldn't get you with this. He's going to get you with that, okay? Well, Brother Jeremy didn't fall for this trick and this trap. He didn't fall in this struggle and this trial and tribulation. I'm going to put something else on the hook and see if I can get him to bite that. That's why you go in battle after battle, trial after trial, because the devil is after you. He hates you. He despises you, and he wants to destroy everything you are. He wants to destroy everything you represent, but he is a liar. He is the father of all lies, and if you'll believe and trust and have faith, and the word of God and walk by faith and not by sight you are already victorious you have already won but the devil doesn't want you focusing on that we are a victorious people now he never said that hard times wouldn't come but he said they wouldn't always last he never said that affliction wouldn't come but he did say he'd deliver you out of all affliction he never said that you wouldn't have a weight of trials but he said in his word that the weight of his glory would be greater than the weight of the trials that you're going through so what does that mean when I'm having a bad day I've just got to simply fall to my knees throw up my hands and say God I don't understand God I don't know what you're doing but God I believe I'm going to keep my vision I'm going to keep my trust I know that one day somehow somewhere I'm going to come up out of this and when I come up out of this I'm going to be stronger I'm going to be wiser I'm going to be seasoned I'm going to be more mature and I'm going to be everything that you have designed and called me to be while yet I was yet in my mama's belly I got, any, I got any workers in the house me and you work we don't want to get into what the Bible says about that I hope you work we work right well guys what happened my brother <laughs> I'm not calling you by your nickname <laughs> My brother back there, you work with EMC, right? And when you first started with EMC, you, I, I don't know how you started, uh, in between outages one time, I tried power line work, and I figured out right quick it's not for me. So I stuck, I stuck with the welding and iron work. And I remember when they threw me, they made me a bull grunt. I don't know if you know what that is, a bull grunt. You know, I wanted to get up in the bucket, and, you know, connect the wires and do this and do that. I was in between outages, and I was trying to make some extra money, and they sent us to an ice storm in Arkansas. And, I, and it was my job as the bull grunt to put these hooks on, climb up, the, climb up the poles all hours of the night, and it was my job to nail the copper wire back up and to take the top copper wire down. Well, one night, it was about 2 o'clock in the morning, nobody told me that when the light poles get froze, they're slick, and you have to really dig those hooks in. Well, I, you know, me, me trying to be all fancy and show out, I ran up there like a little squirrel, and by the time I went to plan, I cut out, and I went right to the bottom. And a splinter went in my chest right here, it came up out of my neck right here. And I was about 22 years old. And you know when you're 22, you're, you think you're nine feet tall and bulletproof. You think you know everything. And, and I remember hitting the ground. I was more embarrassed than I was anything. I took those hooks and I slung them in that field. I said, boys, I'm going back to work, uh, welding and iron work. Y'all can have this. But I said all that to say this, that when you start out in electrical work and uh, power line work, you can't just jump up and be a journeyman lineman. You've got to work your way through the process, Right? 
Everybody with me? On your jobs, you don't become supervisor overnight, right? You've got to start somewhere and you've got to work your way up. The same reigns true in the kingdom of God. You can't just up one day and say, you know what, I'm going to be, a, I'm going to ch chase demons out. I'm going to uh, do this. I'm going to do that. You've got to start where you're at today and say, God, help me where I'm at today. Strengthen me. Touch me. Season me. Mature me. And what happens, every battle that you go in and every battle that you come out of, you're a little smarter. You're a little wiser. You're a little bit more mature. What happens? You begin to learn things. You begin to pick up on things. What worked yesterday on you won't work today. Why? Because you're seasoned. You're getting off the milk and you're getting on the meat. You're becoming uh, discipled. You're learning more and more of the Word of God and the more and more you know the Word of God the more and the more power that you have the more strength you have, the more anointing you have, the more favor you have. Why? Because there is anointing and there is power in God's Word. Amen? So that's why we go in battle after battle and trial after trial. And that's why we have to keep our vision and keep our hope and not give up on life. And that's why the devil fights us so hard because he don't want you finishing. He don't want you being everything God's called you and designed you to be. So I want to ask you this morning, are you ready to have victory? The Bible says weeping may be uh, coming tonight. Weeping may be going on tonight. You might have a bad day today, but there was, there's going to be a better day. Hang on. Joy's coming in the morning. The weight of his glory will be greater than the weight of his afflictions. Anybody being persecuted today? Anybody going through some junk today? Anybody had a rough patch today, this week? Anybody having things happen in your life that you don't know what's going on, you don't understand? I'm getting, so I got, I got three things and I got to hurry. I got 15 minutes. You know, it's dangerous when you turn a preacher loose with a microphone. We got three things that brings us victory. What are those things? We've got to understand that we keep our victory in a way by having and keeping our vision. No matter what our natural eyes see, no matter how overwhelming, we've got to keep faith and have and keep that that endurance. And I'm reminded of this. I heard this from an old preacher when I was first starting out. I think I was a youth pastor then, and uh, I heard a story. It was just two little league teams. Anybody remember Little League when they was traveling? Uh, they probably still do it. I don't know. But when I was in Little League, if you was good enough, you made the All-Stars and you made the traveling team. And then the rest of the people got put on rec teams. They still do that? Well, I remember this story that said, you know, this, this rec team, was, this was uh, Little League now, T-ball. This traveling, I don't know how you put together a traveling T-ball team, but that's what the story was said. <laughs> but it was a traveling T-ball team and it was just a rec, regular rec team t-ball team the traveling team got up there to hit and every time they hit off that tee the story it's true story is what the preacher said I hope it's true he said it behind the pulpit so we, we, we going with it but he said that every time they hit it off the tee he said man them little them little t-ballers was hitting it in the outfield he said you know the rec team was you know you know how t-ball is they was running the first base and third base and second base they'd hit the ball and you know you know and and they didn't know what to do where to throw it and they said for you know it in the bottom of the first inning in t-ball that the score was 15 to nothing and said one of the daddies of the rec team that was getting beat so bad went up to his son in outfield and said, son, you about had enough of this. I have. Let's go. Be, you know, being aggravated and like you would, you know, if, if my boy's team was getting beat 15 to nothing in T-ball, I'd be like, hey, now this is just getting a call for. I don't even know. I didn't know you kept scoring T-ball, you know. And he said the daddy went out there to the son and said, son, you about had enough of this. He said, it's 15 and nothing. You're getting, you know, y'all getting beat pretty good. He said, you know, they're a traveling team. He said, you know, are they, I really believe they're not, they're probably a pitching machine team. They're not a t-ball team. Whatever the case may be, it's bad. So the little boy looked at daddy and said, he just kind of kicked, you know how kids do. He kind of kicked the ground and said, he spit on the ground and said, yeah, it's bad, but we haven't got up to bat yet. Think about that. Yeah, I know we're down 15 to nothing, but just wait. We ain't got up to bat yet. That's the way we need to keep our mindset and our spiritual walk. You might, have, you might have some bad days. You might have some bad weeks, but you need to look at the devil and say, yeah, but my God hasn't showed up and showed out on my behalf yet. Yeah, I know it's bad. I know it's hard. I know it's tough. I'm going through some things I don't understand. I don't understand things I'm going through right now, but you know what? It ain't my turn to hit yet. It ain't my turn to bat yet. And when I come up to bat, I'm going to hit a grand slam because matter of fact, it's not about me. It's about him. I don't even fight my own battles. He fights my battles for me. So you can't stop, you can't, you can't quit, you can't give up. You've got to keep vision. We need vision because victory accompanies vision. If you have no vision, you have no future, and you will often give up in life. The Bible says all things work together to good for those who love the Lord. We've got to keep vision. 
no matter what we're going through, when we turn to God and trust him, his favor is for a lifetime. So we know in having favor for a lifetime that we've got to praise him for always being there. What does that mean? No matter how bad or how good it's been, the best is yet to come. I'm fixing to get into three things for vision. What does it mean? Before we go any further, I don't care what kind of good days you've had. I don't care what kind of bad days you've had. The best is yet to come. I don't care what kind of glory days you've had. The best is yet to come. I don't care what kind of bad, day, horrific days you've had. I don't care when your brother turns on you and your sister turns on you and your daddy and your mama turns on you. Every, everyone has left you. Everyone's forsaken you. The best is yet to come. Your best days are ahead of you and not behind you. Amen? So what is it? What's the three things for victory vision? Number one, vision, if you write notes, keep the, write this down, it's going to help you. Vision, number one, keeps you ahead of the devil. What do you mean? 2 Kings chapter 6, verses 8 through 12, my brother. 2 Kings chapter 6, verses 8 through 12. Vision keeps you ahead of the devil. <laughs> Ready? 2 Kings chapter 6, verses 8 through 12. <laughs> write it, brother, write it. Now, let me, let me show you how vision, if you keep your vision, how it will keep you ahead of all the tricks and tools and tactics of the enemy. Now, the king of Syria was making war against Israel and he consulted with the servants saying, my camp will be in such and such a place. And the man of God sent the king of Israel saying, beware that you do not pass in this place for the Syrians are coming down there. Then the king of Israel sent someone to the place which was where the man of God had told him. He warned him and he was watchful there, not just once or twice, but several times. Therefore, the heart of the king of Syria was greatly troubled by this thing. He called his servants and said, Will you not show me which one of us is a traitor? Which one of us is for the king of Israel? And one of his servants said, No one, Lord, but Elisha, the prophet who is in Israel, tells the king of Israel the words that you speak in your bedroom. So what does that mean? When you keep faith and you keep vision and you know who you are, you know who saved you, delivered you, and set you free, your salvation, your hope, your trust, your faith doesn't rest in a denomination, a man or a preacher, or a group, or a song, this or that. It rests in the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. And, and when you believe that and you trust that, that vision will keep you ahead of the enemy because here's the King of Syria. Every time he made plans to destroy Israel, every time he made plans to come up against him, you know what the Bible says? That God would speak to the prophet and the prophet would go tell them hey don't go down here don't be caught there and the Bible said what did it say not just once or twice but several times so what does that mean the same God that warned them not to go there and to not to do that and to not be a part of that and to not do that is the same God that will speak to me and speak to you through his word from Genesis to Revelation is the same God that if you keep vision that vision will keep you ahead of the enemy and this king was so upset that he looked to his own people and said who's a traitor in my camp? Who keeps running down there to Israel and tell them where I'm going to be? Who keeps running down there and tell, tell, tell the enemy where I'm going to attack them? Where, I'm, where, am I, where am I going to try to ambush him? Who keeps portraying me? What was his answer? Y'all read it with me? No one, Lord. So what does that mean? Vision will keep you ahead of the devil. How many knows what conviction is? Something we don't like to preach on anymore. I mean, knows when you get saved, delivered, and set free, God comes into your heart. That regeneration takes place. And I know we can examine and, and take this scripture and go 500 different ways. We can analyze it, and, and, and I know all that. But here today, what we're talking about in vision, I mean, knows that it's, it's in that vision and in that faith that the Holy Spirit's going to speak to you. You ever went to do something, the Spirit spoke to you, don't do that. You ever went to say something? You know this old tongue that the Bible says is only one can control is the Holy Spirit? It's like a ship without a horse. It's like a horse without a bridle. And what the word says? So if you ever go to, I know it ain't, no, I'm gonna talk about me. I know when I went to spew off at the mouth, the Holy Spirit checked me and said, whoa, 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 you don't need to say that. What's that? That's leading, right? That's, that's direction. That's trying to keep you out of the traps of the enemy. 
I'm here to tell you, saints, brothers and sisters, that if you'll keep your vision, if you'll keep your trust, if you'll keep your hope in Jesus Christ, He will keep you ahead of the enemy. The Holy Spirit will speak to you. The Holy Spirit will lead you. The Holy Spirit will guide you. And the Holy Spirit will keep you out of places that the devil has set up to destroy you and tear you down. Why? Because that's the good Father. That's the great Father. That's the all-sufficient Father that if we will listen, we will always come out on top. But what happens when we don't listen? It's not a very fun place to be, is it? So vision keeps you ahead of the devil. The Bible says the Holy Spirit will keep you out of temptation. We know that sin is at our doors. When sin's at your doors, what happens? You have to flee from it. Then what's the Bible say flee from? Flee. Flee. It doesn't say hang out with the sin. It doesn't say hang out with the temptations. It doesn't say hang out with your weaknesses. It doesn't say hang out with those things that pull you down. It says flee from them. Y'all see the holes in my ears? I got markings on my body that's covered up, thank God. I got piercings. I was rebellious. I come from four generations of alcoholics. I'm the first one to graduate high school. I'm the first one to get a college degree. And I'm the first one to go get my master's degree next year. So you can't tell me that God can't bring you out and deliver you. You can't tell me that God won't speak to you and tell you, hey, I can't hang around people that's drinking because I come from alcoholics, so I have to stay away from it. Do I love them and pray for them and act like everything? Yes. I'll, I'll bust up right in the middle. Anybody knows me and I played softball with some of you. I've hung out with some of you. I'm a cut up. I love to have a good time. But it's in that weakness that I can't hang out with that weakness. I can't go to the sandbar with a, a cooler beer and hang out with some people because no matter how strong I am, sooner or later if I keep entertaining it, I'm going to get back on the hook. What is it that's your weakness that God's brought you and delivered you from that the Spirit tells you to stay away from so He can strengthen you and speak to you, but for whatever reason, you just keep going back to it. The Holy Spirit will keep you ahead of those things. Number two, and I'm hurrying. Vision will make you aware of the spiritual resources available to you. 2 Kings 6, 13 through 15. Bam, he's on it. So he said, go and see where he is that I may send and get him. And it was told him saying, surely he's in Dothan. Therefore he sent horses and chariots and a great army there and they came by night and surrounded the city. And when the servant and the man of God arose early and went out, there was an army surrounding the city with horses and chariots. And his servant said to him, Master, what are we going to do? Master, they're surrounding us. Remember, vision keeps you ahead of the enemy. And when the enemy does seem to surround you, vision will allow your spiritual eyes to be awakening and functioning. How I many knows the Bible says we walk by faith and not by sight, right? So what happens when you look at your checking, checking account? You've been faithful in your tithes and your giving. You've been faithful in your, or your devotion. You've been faithful to everything you know. As her sister said, it's not about the amount. It's about the obedience. Obedience is better than sacrifice. Amen. You've been obedient. You've been faithful. You've been dedicated. You've done everything you know to do. But when you look at a checking account, the checking account says you only got $20, but you got a $300 bill due. What happens? That's when you got to look by faith and not by sight and say, God, you said you'd take care of me. You'd never forsake me. You'll be with me somehow, some way. You're going to take care of that bill. Somehow, some way, you're going to put food on the table. Somehow, some way, you're going to provide for me. You're never going to leave me or forsake me. God, you will make a way where there seemeth to be no way. You ever been there? I have. Was laid off one time for four months. The only time in my life I've ever been laid off that long. Usually, you know, when you work good and you get a good name, you can go to work pretty easy, can't you? I never had that. I remember one month I got laid off. It was out of nowhere. And for four months I couldn't buy. Man, I was, I was going to McDonald's. I don't know how you are. But when I got a family, I'll go flip burgers. I'll put some subs together. I'll clean the toilet. Whatever you want me to do, I just need some money coming in. For four months, no, nobody was hiring. There weren't no outages. There weren't no shutdowns. McDonald's wouldn't even hire me. And I sit there and, and little by little, I lost my truck. I lost my boat. I lost my four-wheeler. I said, I'm probably too transparent with some of y'all. Some of y'all don't like to admit you go through these things. I had a little boy in the house. My little girl wasn't born yet. The bills was due. I had good credit. Could get anything I want. Now my credit was shot. And I was like, God, what have I done? 
I'm doing, God, I'm faithful. I'm doing this. I'm doing that. God, what is going on? And I remember we got down to, if you, if you ever eat sardines with yellow mustard? Sardines with yellow mustard and the crack, crackers in the pantry. You can ask my wife. That was all we had left. And he was a man that could use to provide for his family. Had nice things, had money in the bank, but here I'm broke as a joke. The bills is behind. My credit's destroyed. I've lost everything I thought was dear to me. And I'm praying to God, and I'll never forget, I was laying on the couch one afternoon. I was like, God, if this is what it is, I don't want any of it. God, what have I done? I know none of you ever said that. God, what is going on? I'm trying. I'm not being, I'm killing myself. What do I need? Tell me what to do. And every time God would speak to me, be faithful. Just trust me a little longer. Just trust me. Don't lose hope. Keep the faith. Keep the vision. And I'll never forget it. Every time. Hey, I don't know what you, I don't know what you're going through, but, you know, here's some money. Or, hey, you run out to the mailbox and there's a $400 check or a $500 check. Or somebody comes up in my yard. I'm out here cutting grass one day. Man comes up and says, man, I don't know who you are. I rode by. I seen you on the lawnmower. And God said, stop and give you this. And it was a check for $1,000. And little by little, I begin to catch on. God, what are you trying to teach me? God was trying to teach me to trust him. To be faithful to him, no matter what it looks like in the spiritual, no matter what the bank account says, no matter what the bill collector says, no matter what the bank says, trust him and he will be faithful to you. He will will do exactly what needs to be done. And guess what? I stayed the course. I got my truck back. I got my boat back. I got my four-wheeler back. And and just three or four months later, I had more money in the bank than I ever had. Why? Why? Because God tested me and I stayed the test. And what God done for me, he'll do for each and every one of you. But we've got to be willing to walk by faith and not by sight. We've got to understand vision will open our eyes to the spiritual resources around us. Do we not understand that he's the father of everything? Does anybody believe he owns the cattle on a thousand hills? Anybody believes that he is your bank? He is your physician? Now, God uses banks and doctors and nurses all the time. We're not ignorant of that, Amen. Praise God for it. But God should be number one priority. God should be first. Amen? So vision keeps you ahead of the devil. Number two, vision will open your eyes to spiritual resources around you to let you know that God has got your six. God has got your back. He will not leave you or forsake you. God will provide for each and every one of you. Look to the hills from where your help comes from. Can you give me five more minutes? Can I just turn this right now? <laughs> How many knows you're not a beggar? You're not a pushover. You're not some just white street trash. You're not a nobody from nowhere. You're the righteousness of Jesus Christ. So if you're all that, don't you think he loves you? Don't you think he's going to take care of you? Don't you think he's going to provide for your every need? Don't you know that God will show up and show out on your behalf time and time again? You got to stay faithful. You got to you got to stay true, even when your eyes say and your body tells you and your flesh tells you to stop and give up. I know there's none of you in here, but oftentimes my flesh will tell me, "What's the use? Just quit. You're not making any headway. Nothing's changing." I know there ain't none, none of y'all hear that. Won't you just stop? Won't you just take a break for a little while? Won't you just forget the ministry and go back doing what you've done? For, before full time why don't you just put your career back number one and make God priority you can just preach on weekends you can be an evangelist you can do this and do that why don't you just do that we can't listen to flesh we can't listen to our carnal desires we've got to walk by faith and not by sight and keep the vision that God has placed in front of us let me ask you this does anybody have any dreams in here God wake up the dreamers if you don't I'm trying to contain myself. I feel God in here. Does anybody have dreams and visions of your life? Raise your hand. And as you raise your hand, I want you to think of those visions and dreams right now. Not only visions for you, but for your children, don't you? You know what I pray every day? About two years, God changed my prayer. I want the success of my ministry to be that I raise good, godly kids. 
that when I'm laying in my casket, my son and my daughter can look at me and say, hey, he was a good daddy. He was a good father. He was a good husband. He, he preached his own funeral. That's the success of my ministry, not a big church, not a big crowd, not fancy things. All those things is wonderful and is okay, I reckon. But that's, that's my prayer. I've got dreams of that. I want to see my children and how I want to see my life today. I want to see people saved, don't you? I want to see the drug addict come off the street and be delivered. I want to see the prostitute come in and the prostitution pulled out of her by the mercy and the grace and love of Jesus. I want to see the habitual liar and the violator come in and be saved. I want to see the same-sex marriages be delivered and set free. I want to see a move of God in our county, in our city, in our region, in our area. I got a vision. I've got a dream. So do you. Are you walking in that reality? Are you walking in that dream? And I'm hurrying. I'm, I'm almost done. As I talk over the next few moments, I want you to meditate on that dream. I want you to meditate on that vision that God's given you. Are you there yet? Are you walking in it yet? I'm not. You heard me say a while ago, I can taste my master's degree. And the reason I can taste it because I want it for me, not that an education defines me. When God calls, that's all I need. But it's got to be in here and here to come out here, right? That's the way I believe and feel. So I crave that master's degree. I'm after it. I started in September at the seminary. PTS out of Cleveland. I'm, and I know I'm not there yet. I know I'm not in the dreams and the visions that God has for me. I know that. But if I look in my carnal eye around me, my wife's been sick for a year and a half. They don't know what's wrong with her. I've wasted, I've went through insurances, money. And I know, I'm telling you where I'm at so you don't think I'm some high horse person. My wife is sick. I'm in the worst shape and some things I've ever been in my life. I'm like, God, what's going on? God, I know you're trying to teach me something. What is it? Let me learn. God, I know you're faithful. You've already brought me out of too much to leave me and forsake me now. <laughs> God, I know you're up to something. What are you up to, Lord? Help me. So I'm there with you today. I've got dreams and visions, but when I look around me, everything's falling apart. But he never falls apart. He never fails you. He never forsakes you. That dream and that vision that you have in this house this evening is still real. It's still validated. It's still re relevant. But you got to trust God. If God can't trust us for where we're at today, what makes you think he's going to give you more? Oh, I can shout Trust Him today. Depend on Him today. Serve Him today in the good and the bad. You might be in the valley today, but you do realize to have a valley, you've got to have two mountaintops. Amen? So you know what that lets me know? I'm going to be on the mountaintop twice as much as I'm going to be in the valley. I refuse. We refuse this morning. I've been preaching this for two years ever since God laid it on my heart in a revival two years ago. I refused to allow the enemy to operate his principality through my personality. I refuse. What does that mean? I refuse to let the enemy lie to me and deceive me and treat me and to me to speak curses and death instead of life and blessings. So no matter how my life looks today, I'm going to bless the Lord. No matter what I'm going through today, no matter what my wife is going through today, no matter what's going on around me, I'm going to lift up my holy hands and say, God, I worship you. Because God, you saved me, you redeemed me. Naked I come in and naked I'm going to leave. I can't take it with me. So God, I love you. I rejoice in you. My strength is the joy of you flowing in my veins. Number three. What does vision do? Vision will cause the enemy to go blind. Vision will keep you ahead of the enemy. Vision will open your spiritual eyes to the resources around you.
And number three, vision will blind your enemy. I want to ask you something in this house this morning. Do you entertain the devil's voice more than you embrace your father's voice? Think about it. Do you entertain the devil's voice more than you embrace your father's voice? What does that mean? Do I listen to what the world and society says about me or do I trust in the book? Do I trust in his spirit? Do I trust in his love and his mercy and his grace? That if he saved me, it's for a reason, for a purpose. Or do I let my past define me? I'd like to share my testimony sometime when I can come back. This old preacher has got a rap sheet. In and out of jail. Still, I got a criminal record. But God saved me and delivered me. When the world said he'd never preach, he'll never do this, he'll never pastor a church. Not only am I a pastor, God's blessing me. I'm a bishop. I'm going to get my master's. If that don't wake you up and tell you it don't matter what the world says, it don't matter what law enforcement has got on you in the past, God will bless you and use you. But you got to surrender to him. So I, You know what? I, I didn't come too far. I, I was hard-headed for the world, so I need to be hard-headed for Jesus. I was crazy for the world, so I need to be crazy for Jesus. I've come through too much in my life for any of you to tell me that God can't do it. Because God can. I don't know who I'm talking to in this house this morning. But you're not a nobody from nowhere. God has a purpose and a plan for you. Keep the vision. Keep the faith. And those dreams will come to be a reality. He will give you the desires of your heart. But you got to trust Him. you got to be faithful to Him. So what happens when vision blinds the enemy? The enemy will try to attack your identity. Does it say in the Word, does anybody remember in, in the Word of God where Jesus was baptized in Jordan by John the Baptist? Y'all remember that? What happens? The heaven split, right? The dove descended upon him, and we know the dove is symbolic of the Holy Spirit, right? Or the, uh, a great voice was heard, this is my son and who I'm well pleased, right? Everybody with me? Everybody agree with that? So he was right then in Jordan River identified as the Son of God. The Spirit came down upon him. Is that not what the Word says? But the very next chapter, the devil starts tempting him. So what does that mean? When you're trying to do everything you know to do and you're trying to work for the kingdom of God, the devil will attack your identity. We come down here, I'm just being real. We come down here and we get delivered. We come down here and we pray through. Or we're riding down the road or we're on a, a boat or we're, we're hunting in the whatever the case may be, you have an encounter with God. And you know in your heart and your soul, you just know that you know that you know that you know that you know. That God's working for you. That you've heard, you've been touched by God. But the very next day, all hell breaks loose against you. Ain't none of y'all ever been through that, have you? I've had those services where you get up here and you just do the hookabuck, you know. The altars are full. People are saved, delivered, and set free. People are delivered. Miracles take place. Get in the car and you go to the stop sign. You start fighting like pure hellcats. No, I know that don't happen to any of y'all. Or one day you was lifting up holy hands and the next day you want to lay hands on somebody very suddenly. That don't happen to any of y'all, does it? Why does those things happen? Because the devil is attacking your identity. He's trying to rob you of what God's already done for you. So number three, Vision will blind the enemy. How do you, what do you mean vision will blind the enemy? 2 Kings 6 and 18. So when the Syrians came down to him, Elijah said, Lord, strike these people, I pray, with what? Blindness. He struck them with blindness according to the word of Elisha. 
Vision helps us see our future and keeps the enemy from seeing a way to defeat us in our future. God will blind the devil. 1 Corinthians 2, 7 and 10, and I'm hurrying. This is just too good to cut it off. But we speak the wisdom of God in a mystery, the hidden wisdom which God ordained before the ages of glory. Next verse. Which none of the rulers of this age, what? None of the rulers of this age, what? For had they known, had they known, they would not have crucified the Lord of glory. But as it is written, eyes has not seen, ear has not heard, nor has it entered into the heart of the man. See, we misquote this scripture right here because we, it's misquoted, just put it that way. We say, eye has not seen, ear has not, no, has not, when we just crank down on it. The things which God has prepared for those who love him. But God, listen, God has revealed them to us through his what? He's revealed them through us by what? How does he reveal it to you? For the Spirit searches all things. Yes, the deep things of God. So your eye can't see. Your ear can't hear. It can't enter into your heart. But you've got to be led by the Spirit of God. Vision will blind the enemy. Victory vision can see and understand. Carnal vision can't. Victory vision, spiritual victory can understand. I've got a host of angelical armies around me protecting me, leading me. Spiritual victory can say, if God's for me, who can be against me? Spiritual victory says, I walk by faith today, not by sight, but my flesh can't see that. My carnal man can't understand that. It can't comprehend it because it's not of God, but of this world. I hope you're like me. You got flesh. Carnal. If I you fight it every day, I do. I'll be honest with you. Spiritual victory. We're spiritual people and we have to open our eyes to see. First Corinthians chapter 2, verse 10 says, Victory vision. Those walking and seeing in the spirit will understand. We're spirit people and we have to open our eyes. 1 Corinthians chapter 2, verse 8, we read it. The enemy had a plan. How to destroy the Lord. The enemy had a plan how to destroy and tear down and conquer. But God had a plan. What do you mean by God had a plan? God will blind your enemy. Daniel was in the lion's den to be destroyed. But the devil couldn't see. It was a promotion, not for his destruction. The devil had a plan to destroy Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. They had captive pagan names. That wasn't even the real names. He done tried to attack their identity. He done tried to change their identity. He devised a scheme to destroy them and throw them in the fire, but he could not see that it wasn't to destroy to destroy them and burn them alive. It was to set them free. The ropes came off their hands. They had victory. They had freedom. They had liberty. The devil couldn't see that beating and crucifying Jesus on the cross, he thought he had him, didn't he? He thought he was over, didn't he? He thought he'd won, didn't he? But the devil couldn't see every strap on Jesus' back brought you healing. This drops for cancer. Don't beat me up. This drop is for healing. This drop is for breakthrough. This drop is for deliverance. This drop is for everything you'll ever need. You are healed. The devil couldn't see that through Jesus' death brought life and brought favor and brought anointing and brought victory. The devil couldn't see it because he was blind. Isn't that what the scripture said? If they had known, they would not have what? Crucified him. Vision will blind your enemy. If you keep vision, the devil will not know how to defeat you in your future. Man, that, ex- that gets me. 
gets me all jacked up. Y'all think I'm pumped up now? Sorry. That don't get you jacked up to know that if I believe and trust, the devil can't see how to destroy me. He don't know. He can't comprehend it. The devil is blind. So what does that mean in closing? (laughs) You know what it means when a preacher says closing? Nothing. (laughs) You know what it means? I I, I get my church all the time. You know what it means when a preacher takes his wife? Oh, wife. Lord. When a preacher takes his watch and sits there and looks at it, that don't mean nothing either. Your setback is not for your destruction in this house this evening, this morning. It's a setup. I'm not smart enough. Let me tell you how it works. I'm old school. I ain't even caught up with these young fellas like Jeremy and Dallas and these Macs and these fancy stuff. I still write it on paper. Y'all see that? I'm not smart enough to come up with this. I have to write it down as God gives it to me. God said on Sunday morning the Connections, tell the people, your setback is a setup. Set up for something greater. Set up for something more. And to remember and remind you that all things work together for those who love the Lord. Do I have anybody in here? I, I, promise, I promise I'll finish this shit up. But I got to obey God. I got to go home and wrestle with Him and I'd rather wrestle with you and wrestle with Him. So, Do I have anybody in here that was raised in church all your life? Brother Dallas, come here. You're a good example. <laughs> Payback's rough, old boy. Come on. This is to show you. Stand right here, brother. What's up, man? Love you, buddy. See. I love this man. I don't know him very much, but I love him. <laughs> love his wife and love what he means and his family. And I think you know that by now. I love him and appreciate you. Here's Dallas. There's one thing, when I came into Jenkins County, I I began to realize who Dallas was very quickly. Dallas knows everybody. Dallas is kind of like Tommy Lane. You can go, ooh, maybe not, maybe not. (laughs) We'll just close that door right now. (laughs) But I said that in a good way. Dallas can walk in Huddle House. You can be sitting with Dallas and Jeremy and Huddle. Jeremy's the same way. Hey, everybody walks in the door. They know them, their uncle, their aunt, their kids, the grandkids. I'm sitting there going. Dallas is kind of like that because he was raised here, right? He's a good guy. Been in church all his life. The Bible says he's a conqueror. Isn't that what the Bible says? He's a conqueror. He's more than a conqueror. He's an overcomer, right? So you got Dallas here just raised in church. I got any hellions that was like me in their life? You didn't stay in church a lot. You got a background. You got a past that you're not proud of. You got tattoos. You got piercings. Come on, man. I'm with you. Look. Look. Well, I don't know. You ain't going to see that. But I'm being con- I got any rough, you, just, you had a rough life coming up? Come here, sister. I, I don't want to embarrass you. I just want to use you as a godly example. See? Dallas was raised in church all of his life. No, brother, you can't go nowhere. He was raised in his church all his life. Been, you know, been a good guy, great guy. You already got your master's degree, don't you? Let me know how it is when you get there. <laughs> Save all your notes. Just good guy, you know. The devil knew at an early age in Dallas's life that he couldn't do nothing with him. So what he done in Dallas, he tried to destroy Dallas to keep Dallas from taking just as many people to heaven with him as he possibly could. Everybody with me? Because he knew Dallas was sold out. That's what I believe. I, I believe the devil looks at you and says, oh God, Dallas woke up this morning, he's put his foot on the floor. Whoa, who's he going to witness to today? Amen? What's your name? Hey, Hannah, my name's Heath. Heath and Hannah, that's good. Hannah over here has, has had a history. She's got a, she's got a rough past like me. The devil looked at her and he was blind. He couldn't see that she'd be here today. Now, not to say that she's better than him or he's better than her because he lived, he's been in church all his life, but he's an overcomer. Amen? Amen? But when the devil looked at her, he thought he had her. He thought she was history. He thought she was destroyed. He thought he already had you on his wall. You was a trophy on his wall. You was like that big, nice buck or that bass, 12, 13-pound bass. But what he couldn't see is that you'd be standing on your own two feet today, loving God, humbled by his spirit because it's evident on your your face 
loving God. So he's an overcomer, but you're more than an overcomer. Why? Because what the devil meant to destroy you was just a setup. What the devil meant to destroy you was something to catapult you into something greater. Does that make sense? I'm not good. God is. Thank you. Does that make sense? Y'all, might, everybody, everybody, see what I'm. Everybody, see my example. I told you I'm an old iron. I'm an old construction. I'm an iron head. That's the pot calling the kettle black. Thank you, Hannah. So you see how the devil was blind? The devil didn't know she'd be sitting here today. Oh, you just got a past like me. The devil didn't know I'd be standing here today but I am because God's good and God's faithful. Amen? So vision will blind the enemy that you can't even see. He can't even see what God is doing in you and through you. Would you stand to your feet this morning? I don't know what you're accustomed to or what y'all do, but this is what the Lord laid on my heart. bow your head and close your eyes and as you're bowing would you reach out and grab your brother or sister by the hand whoever's standing beside you victory vision every one of you has got dreams and visions in this house every one of you has been through something you're going through something you're coming out of something or you're headed into something every one of us is there that describes every one of us and I want you to begin reflecting on that dream and that vision. And in your heart, I want you to begin to worship and praise God. I want you to begin to say to yourself and your soul, my best is yet to come. My best is yet to come. God, if you be for me, who can be against me? The best is yet to come. And as you're meditating on that today, as you're thinking on that dream and that vision, as you're dreaming and desiring, God told me that last thing to tell you, the hell that you're fighting today is a very good indication of God's plan and God's purpose for you. The hell that you're fighting today is not to destroy you, but it's to develop you. It's to train you. And it's to bring God's best to you. Don't become weary in well-doing. The vision will, will keep you ahead of the enemy. The vision will open your eyes to the spiritual resources around you. And the vision will blind the enemy. That in your future and in your best days to come, he will not know how to defeat you. If that's you, and this message is speaking to you anyway, I want you to walk by faith and not by sight in this house this morning. Don't worry about who's around you. Don't worry about what time it is. Don't worry about what you've got the rest of the day. This right here is more important than any of that. If this has spoke to you and you need to be reminded that the hell you've been going through is for your promotion, not your destruction. That God is working for you and not against you. The best is yet to come. Would you take a step of faith today out of your aisle and step into this altar with me and let's bind together as a church family this morning and say, God, help me keep the vision. God, help me to keep the vision so I can have spiritual victory. God, touch me today minister to me today if that's you will you step don't wait on the one beside you step now move now move now let the Holy Spirit continue to minister to you and speak to you move now don't let the enemy rob you of, you, of that dream and that vision don't let the devil sow seeds of doubt and confusion and chaos in you any longer begin to cry out and open your heart today that says thank you God 
that everything I've been going through is for my good. God, all the hell I've been fighting is an indication of not what I've been doing wrong, but what I've been doing right. Season me, shape me, make me, mold me into what you want me to be. I'm telling you that when you'll begin to do that and you'll just sell out to him and trust him in a way you've never trusted him before, you're going to see dreams become a reality. You're going to walk in favor. You're going to walk in vision. You're going to walk in victory in a way you never have before because you're walking according to God's purpose and plan that he has for your life and not that of your own. I just feel like somebody else needs to move. You've been going through a lot. You've been going through a lot in here and I don't know who you are. You've been going through pure hell. Matter of fact, I hear the Spirit speaking to me, telling me that some of you have even thought about giving up, walking away. God, help me here. You've even thought about walking away from this church. Don't walk away. Don't quit. Don't stop. Don't give up. Stay. Trust. Depend. And watch what God will do in you and through you, not only for you, but for this body. Don't run. Stay in fight. Who are you? Will you come? Will you take that radical step of faith and say, you know what? I've been battling. I've been struggling. But today I refuse. I'm overcoming it with God's help and God's favor. I learned a long time ago, if the Holy Spirit can't get you here, who am I? I'm just obligated to deliver you to what he lays on my heart. I'm not obligated for your response. Will you please move? Don't operate in that. Don't fight that any longer. Let God bring you through. Let God touch you and minister to you.